Yo, the Ugly Duckling podcast is back with your hosts, Bryce and Rashida. And this week, we want to get a little dark. So we're going to talk about trauma. (laughs) And what kind of trauma are we talking about? The trauma that you maybe have from your childhood, whether it's very severe or something that maybe you might think is minute, but still it is trauma that as an ugly duckling, you may have, you know, carried over into your adult life. So that is what we're going to talk about today. So Bryce, um, to kick us off as always, I guess first, where would you, how would you describe the trauma that you have endured when you were still considered an ugly duckling? Woo, we're going dark tonight, okay? (laughs) So first off, it's very layered. I think there's like three main components that I'm going to touch on throughout this episode. So I want to say the first up, my main trauma that I experienced all the way, that I'm probably actually still dealing with now, honestly, is my sexuality and probably just how the world receives me, right? So for those who have not tuned in to the first two episodes, um, I'm a queer man and I, it took me a long time to get to that space, you know? based on what happened to me when I was younger with my friends that, well, I thought they were my friends at the time, but these kids that I used to hang out with around like fifth grade, there was an incident at a sleepover. And I, I want to say there was like an X-rated film on and I did not want to watch it. So I went in the other room and I want to say when we got back to school on Monday, all of a sudden I became the gay kid, like literally. And, but like at that point, like fifth grade, you've heard people say words, but you don't necessarily know what they mean. You know, like, you know, like, you know, when you're a little like, oh, gay means, you know, it's supposed to mean happy, but like, it's mean two men like me or like a lesbian. Like, you know, it was like, derogatory words or whatever but yeah and then and mind you these were my quote-unquote friends calling me that like and I'll give you the example like let's say everyone's talking about something they watched on tv and then I would join in and it's like well shut up Bryce you're gay and everyone would just laugh and but I'm like but that had nothing to do with what we were talking about or like then it got even more severe where it's like I would walk in sit down at the lunch table they would look at each other, laugh and get up and walk away. So mind you, these are like my quote unquote friends. So then I might've mentioned this in a previous episode, but like my family ended up finding out that the kids were calling me this because one day I was walking home from school and I was walking with my, the person I call my childhood best friend. And uh, one of the kids who used to be my friend's told him that he needs to call me gay or whatever and he was like no I'm not going to do that and don't you know the kid like beat him up wow because I don't want to call this person a derogatory thing and they're my friend and I want to call him Bryce because that's his freaking name it's like oh we're gonna beat you up now wow okay right so mind you it was him and two other kids um 
So then obviously after that, my childhood friend ended up telling his parents, and I'll never forget, then they drove around and told my mom when she got off work. So then my mom is driving around to everybody's house. <laughs> Mind you, I'm standing there like, did you call my son gay? And like having it out with the parents. <laughs> oh my God. So then we have to have that. So that's already a lot. So then, you know, I'm having conversations with my mom that's like, oh, you know, do you know what gay means? Da, 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 da. So now I'm having this conversation. And then I think after that moment, so now this word has become like a virus. So now in my own household, subconsciously, that's getting tied into my gender identity. So now my family's starting to notice little traits that I have, and I put in air quotes, traits. So like anything, like whether I'm like, oh, well, you know, I want to learn how to play the piano. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, I'm actually naturally a good drawer, right? So like I'm drawing characters. I like drawing anime. So with anime, you draw women. So at the time, my mom was like, well, I feel like you're drawing too many women. It's like, okay. Then it's like, even when I'm playing video games, my, I remember my brother went and told my mom he felt embarrassed because I was I picked a girl character in a video game. So now, now I have to have a talk about what characters I can't pick. So over time, after, you know, that continues to happen and happen and happen, then it's happening at school. So like by eighth grade, I'm like, now the virus is spread. Now everybody in the grade knows me as the gay kid. And I haven't done anything gay. Yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't done anything. And then so it's like, I don't feel safe at school. I don't feel safe at home. That is traumatic. Yes, it is. So, so how do you feel like you've gotten to feel safer now? Because you know what I mean? Because your family... Now they know that you identify as a gay queer man, but like, do you even feel like they still get maybe how you, like you're born how you're born, right? Like the sex that you like, the person you're attracted to is a very carnal innate thing. It has nothing to do with a choice, but right. do you think they feel like, well, it's because people said this about you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, they... well, no, I get what you're saying. After yeah. the initial conversation we had, my mom and I, it was revealed that she's always known subconsciously. Okay. So, which makes sense because um, like Dwayne Wade said about Zaya, I mean, he told Gabrielle when Zaya was three that, is it possible? Like, something different about our child, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you're, especially mom. Mom birthed me. She know she know her she know her child. You know what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> so I think that she probably saw it early, but since no one else caught on, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, well maybe it's just something I'm seeing. But then once it became like the kids found out, now it's like a, a issue at school with bullying. Then it's like you know she goes into protect mode, but my mom is very um, she's can be a little avoidant at times. So. It's like, hide, 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 hide who you are. So when you hide, hide, hide who you are, you hate, hate, hate yourself. And I say all that to say, like, because of that, all that trauma I experienced, I never wanted to be intimate with anyone. 
at all. I went through college not wanting to be intimate. I went through most of my childhood, teenage years, and most of college not having any emotions. Like I was very like surface level. No one ever knew how I felt about anything. Um, when I quote unquote liked somebody, it was just because I probably liked their energy, but not actually them. So when yeah. I did have quote unquote girlfriend, a girlfriend in high school, we were together for like eight months. We never kissed. We never did anything. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, at some point I was like, am I asexual? Like it was just, I don't know. Like I just, it caused me to be confused. And because of that, like I said before, I created some self-hate. So going into the projection of trauma, when I went to college, um, you know, the perception of the guy who hangs with too many women, he's perceived as gay. So yeah. if I felt like I had too many women around me, I would make sure there was another guy there. Yeah, there, There's so much trauma. So if someone said that, oh, they think Bryce is gay, I would have instant anxiety. Yes. Joining the organization I'm a part of, like, they, they didn't want to pick me because I was perceived as gay. At that point, hadn't done anything. I've never messed with a guy. It's all perception, you know? Yeah. They, they were right, obviously. Um, and they were entitled to put whoever they want in their organization. But it was just very, to me, traumatic where I'm like, damn, like, even if I want to be myself, I can't be myself. No, you couldn't. And when you were in college specifically... And I'm sure there were men on campus who were openly gay at that time, mm-hmm. right? How did you, did you ever even try to interact or befriend those people? Or were you like, no, I have to stay far away from them as possible because even just being associated like as a friend would be too much in the danger zone? No, the latter, definitely. Like the same with hanging out around with too many women. Yeah. If I like hung out with a gay person that was like non-passing heterosexual, I was yeah. like, okay, like I would be cool with them in private, but in public, if we were walking together, there would be a third party. Yeah. And I would paint that as that that was that other person's friend. And I just happened to be walking there, which was essentially, like I said in previous episodes, I missed out on probably many good friendships because of my own insecurities and my own self-hatred. Yeah. And it took for me until I was actually 20. 26 years old which it was not that long ago for me to be like wow I'm gay where most people experience that when they're maybe 15 but because I experienced so much trauma it just I don't know I had so much inner turmoil Mm -hmm. yeah you don't it's like you want you don't want people to be right right but then Mm -hmm. Also, it's like, well, once this happens, there's probably so much anxiety around, well, I am attracted to this guy, but I don't really actually want to be intimate because like, then there'll be something for people to really like try to throw in my face or to say about me. It's just like so much there. Mm -hmm. And then the second layer real quick, then we can let you go. (laughs) Oh, no, you're good. I want to say around that time in middle school when it started happening gained a lot of weight so now I have body image issues now I'm, I have body dysmorphia that's what's called body dysmorphia yeah right where mm-hmm. I, I might be thinner but in a mirror I see a bigger person and I battle with that 
into my 20s because not only was I the gay kid, I was the bad gay kid. Yeah. Great. So it's like, and it's funny because when people see me now, you know, post ugly duckling syndrome, they're like, wait, what? You were teased? You were fat? People called you gay? How could they? I'm like, no, you're seeing the final result. You're not seeing the path it took to get here. The self-love journey, this really owning my stuff, owning my flaws, owning how I hurt people. You're not seeing all that. You're just seeing the end result. Yeah, no, it's true. Because I know you and I, when we did the first episode, I told you that one of our friends was like, why are you guys calling yourselves ugly ducklings? You guys aren't ugly. And I was like, you're missing the point. Like, yes, maybe we have transitioned to the swan, but you're still always going to be in your head, this ugly duckling. So like, it doesn't leave you. And so some people may say like, oh, get over it. Like, womp, 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 life is hard, first world problems. But it's like, it is trauma. And everything you said to me just now and you shared with everyone else is trauma. And it's never something, maybe 10 years from now, you might still have ish parts where you're like, oh, let me recenter myself. Let me get myself together because my anxiety or these different things that were here for so long try to creep back into your life. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying before, I'm not trying to play a victim here um, at all, but the kids that made fun of me when I was younger that were my quote unquote friends, they were they bullied other people so at what point did i not think that we would start going after each other and the only good thing well one of the few good things from this is that i've learned how social systems work and that there's a hierarchy with friend groups and in that time i didn't have self-awareness at 10 years old to realize i was at the bottom of the totem pole and that i need to start making moves before they turn on (laughs) but now i'm like I know how social circles work. I know where my position is in all my friend groups and family members. So, which is why I'll be excellent for Big Brother. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. Like, you'll know. You're like, okay, I see the little queen bee forming here. Yeah. No, ugly ducklings, definitely, you learn that real quick. You walk into a room, even now, I think I can walk into a room of people that, like, maybe I don't know that well. And, like, based on the conversations and how they're interacting, you'd be like, okay. This is a person that gets to say whatever they want and nobody holds them accountable. Got it. Here's this other person over here that's super quiet and reserved and doesn't really want to say too much because they don't want any attention on them. And then you're just like watching how all these people unfold. And then the person that gets attention that doesn't want it and then how those other people react to it either positively or negatively. Because we've seen a lot of that. Um, Because now you're that person that when you walk in a room, people are like, who's that? He's cool. I want to be his friend. And those bullies, are now irked and upset. And why mm-hmm. are you looking at me? Well, he's gay. And you're like, it's 2021. Like, get over yourself. Like, no one cares. Right. It's like, oh, well, what else can I say? Like, oh my nothing. God. Sit down. <laughs> you don't know how many times, like, I would, even in my 20s, meet people. I never forget one of my fraternity brothers, my fraternity brothers, his brother, who's not in our fraternity, he was like, yeah, when I first met you, I thought you were gay. And I wasn't going to like f with you like i didn't think you were gonna be cool but you cool but i'm like but i'm still gay like (laughs) (laughs) both things that are mentioned can't be true right (laughs) like for megan markle you can be a person of color and a black woman okay i will but (laughs) that's a whole nother episode (laughs) let me stop but yeah it's just so many perceptions and pieces of that social hierarchy but like trauma 
with these things, it really matters. And sometimes the trauma for some kids is fortunate enough. It's not like other kids were teasing them. It's like their parents were got divorced or like, you mm. know, mom wasn't around or dad wasn't around or somebody was like on drugs. Like there's, everyone has trauma, but I think sometimes people will try to like minimize the trauma that we're talking about. Cause it's like, oh, well you were eight, you were 10. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And it's like, all of those things stick with you your whole life. Like mm. it shapes how you feel about yourself when you're going through puberty and all these things. And that's when you're first starting to learn to your point, social systems. And at that age, usually, especially in elementary school, I feel like that's the purest that you are because you just like yourself. You don't really think about if you're pretty, ugly, short, fat, nothing. You're just you, you're having fun playing, you know, Power Rangers outside. Like it's not, you're not really thinking about all that. And then somebody gets to the point of puberty or whatever. And they're like, oh, I look at Rashida and I want to say she has a pimple and I want to like blast her for it and make her feel bad. And then you're all of a sudden, that's like the moment you go, whoa, am I ugly? Mm-hmm. I don't like myself or my nose is too big or I'm too fat or I'm too this or I'm too and it's just like damn like what is even causing those kids something at home clearly but it's like what is even causing you to feel like you have to come to school and attack other children exactly I mean obviously you know to those kids credit I mean we were all young who knows what was going on in their homes you know it is what it is you know we're here now no, you're right. And my, my trauma, I feel like is also still very much so like is rooted from childhood. Like mm-hmm. I don't really, I can't really say I necessarily have like trauma now, but I feel like all my trauma kind of happened all at once. So like in, in middle school, so for people who don't know, I was born in Florida, Lauderdale, Florida. So like I'm from South Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Originally. And I was in middle, like elementary school for the most part, I got teased here and there, but like nothing too traumatic. Um, but it was like, I started sixth grade and then it was like kids trying to like, um, come at me all of a sudden. And I was like, I just didn't even get it. And it was just like, I'm not even friends with them. Like these are just people in my class. Like, I'm not trying to be friends y'all. I just happened to sit next to y'all. Cause you know how, like, usually once you start going to schools, like, well, middle school and you change classrooms, they like try to seat you by like last name and Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm sitting next to people who don't fuck with me. And I'm just like, Lord, like, I just want to be here and, like, leave me alone. But, you know, they're like, oh, you're close or you're tall or you're this or you're that. And it, like, started there, but still, like, not not too crazy because I still had friends. Um, and I had my own outlet. And then when I moved to New York, I feel like all this trauma happened at once. First trauma is uprooting a child from one environment to another. So going from Fort Lauderdale to Brooklyn, New York was traumatic for me because I thought I was going to die. Like, I really was like, I'm going to get shot and killed. Like, I don't want to move. Like, I was already, like, traumatized, right? That's I didn't one. even think of that for you. Yes, I was scared. I really didn't want to go because when I told my friends I was moving, they're like, it's, like, really bad crime there. Like, you're going to get killed or shot. And I was like, ah, what? Like, already traumatic haven't even stepped foot in New York yet right then my dad was already dying right so he had colon cancer so then I'm I have this in my head like what's going on with that is he gonna be all good and my family at the time was like everything's gonna work out but it still didn't it's like well why are we moving if everything's all good why are we moving and then like I finally get to you know New York and start school and out of a class of like 30, almost 40 kids, 
only seven of those kids are girls. Hmm. And within the first week and a half, them girls was like, nah, we're not fucking with you because one of them purposely tripped me. And I go, why would you do that? Like I went off because I was like, why would you trip me? And then it all was like, what you mean? Like, how dare you? And then next thing you know, I was being ostracized every single day. And it was like, you're ugly, you're tall, you are a freak, you need a Jenny Jones makeover. Jenny like, Jones, though? Yes, that's remember what we Jenny sense? Jones? That's yes, remember <laughs> Yo, they are buggy. Like, I grabbed, so I had, um, I ended up switching classes, mind you. Like, my middle school mm. had four floors. Every floor was like an institute, which essentially in itself was almost like a different school. I met some of the kids in the seventh grade class from the floor above me, and they were like, nice. And I was like, mom, you know, I know it's like, you don't want people to win, but I said, this environment where they're like clowning me and like just attacking me every day and I'm coming home crying every day because I'm ugly and tall is like too much. Like I'm over it. And then I was also the smartest kid in the class. So then my grades were always like better. So it was just too many things going on here. I was like, I gotta get out of here. So then I had like a better experience the rest of my um, existence, but I never forget when I was graduating middle school, you know how you have to sign those autograph books? Mm-hmm. One of the people who was my friend, so I thought, from um, that other class that I had been in, because I did get along with a lot of the boys. I know some of y'all have heard me talk about I was a nerd, so I played Pokemon, and like we would talk about all that stuff all the time. Yeah. So usually I didn't have no issues with the boys. We got along. Well, I look into my, I look at my autograph book after like, you know, everyone signs it. This one kid is just like, yeah, like you're really ugly and you like look like a freak and you need to get a Jenny Jones makeover. Like those were his words too. Cause like other people had said that, but like, this was literally what he wrote. You need a Jenny Jones makeover and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, where did this come from? Like we never had beef. Why would you write this? And so at that point I was like, I can't trust nobody. Like I can't fuck with nobody. And so I think one trauma I have with is like expressing emotions Mm. with friends or enemies like either way it's hard because I'm always like are you gonna like flip the switch or is there gonna Mm. be like all of a sudden you're gonna pull like the rug from under me because even when my dad died that was sixth grade so I moved in sixth grade and then he died a few months later and I was like out of school for like a week or two so when I come back, I guess the teacher had already told them, oh, she just gone because like she had a death in the family. And I think they, so then they're like, oh, like, didn't your dad die? And I'm like, yeah, well, why you ain't crying? And like, in my head, I was like, no, I can't cry in front of y'all because you're going to clown me. Yeah, it's going to be weaponized. Yes, I was like, so and for me, it became like, you can't cry, you can't show emotion because mm. if you do, you are weak. So in a situation where it's like, in real life, you would say to your, how old was I? 11 year old child or just kid. Yes, your dad who was your best friend just died. You should be able to cry. It was like, no, we not doing that. Cause I don't have energy to like now be like fighting with y'all kids. Like, haha, your dad died. Cause now I might actually start swinging. Remember that part in Crooklyn where they're like, yo mama died. And then it was like, oh, I'm about to get the bad. She was like, like who did it? He was like, it was right there. He has like the um Spike got the bag with the glue. He's like, dang, you hit me, Troy. (laughs) (laughs) Tore him up with that bag. Right, like you just talked about my dead parent on site. Like, this is yo, she was ready with the green blazer. (laughs) 
<laughs> Yo, Troy, <laughs> Troy messed that man up. That blood was leaking out his head. You hit me. <laughs> he's like, you hit me. He, I bet you he sobered up then. Mm. Exactly. Yo, Crooklyn <laughs> is actually one of my favorite Spike Lee joints. Like, I can't, but I really love that movie. <laughs> okay. So let me move on. So, yeah, so that was one for me. Of course, never feeling adequate or good enough based on all of that trauma because it still kind of lingered into high school. I think just being a star athlete kind of saved my ass from being teased too much, mm. but I still was tall. I wasn't ugly, but it was just like you was never there. ugly. You was never ugly. But you know what I mean? It was like you. It was like you're not ugly, but you're tall. So like, ill. I'm still not fucking with you. And you're like, damn. Like, I'm just like walking down the hallway. I didn't need your opinion. Like, what? You know? So there's that, and I feel like sometimes I still second guess myself in reference to like being in a room and like is somebody gonna say something ridiculous um and like trying not to let words hurt me so like I think I can still be sensitive to people's comments although I've like Mm -hmm. obviously learned to like have a shield and shell it's still like I'm always like well how did you really mean that like what are you really trying to say you know Mm -hmm. like can I trust you can I feel comfortable around you and you know like when I'm just walking into a room, I don't need your unsolicited feedback of, oh, yeah, you looking nice, but, you know, I don't date women. No one Okay, no one's asking for the backhanded compliment. No one's doing the, you look nice, but. Keep the butt to yourself, sir. Yes. And so I, it's just, you know, it's deep-rooted because I've said this in other um, podcasts, like my other piece of the trauma is when you are a tall woman, a lot of men view you as masculine, although you actually mm-hmm. are not masculine. So uh, you played basketball, oh, you have to be a lesbian. You're like, I'm not, but okay. Um, or, you know, I couldn't date a woman. Like, let me see your hands. Oh, your hands are bigger than mine. Or what size shoe do you wear? Oh, you wrap a bit. I couldn't date no one. With... It's like, I'm 6'2". I am proportioned. I'm not going to wear kid size Jordans. I'm not like, get over it. No, you would fall over. Your feet would be too small. Right. So it's just like little things like that um, where you're just constantly like, you're judging me so harshly and negatively and you don't know me. And it's just not even warranted because when there are people who let's say are shorter like when there's short men that walk into a room i don't go yeah you mad short yo like i wouldn't fuck with you because that would be hurtful and it who cares like that's my opinion but that he doesn't need to hear that because that's not helping him in any way so it's just like trying not to get as defensive sometimes or be on edge when i'm in situations like clubs or bars where there are men because 80% 80% of the time, and you've been out with me, somebody says something rude as fuck, and I'm just like... Yeah, like, first of all, well, what people don't know, you, we, you and I both are the people that walk into rooms and separately, and people will stare. So as friends together, it is just like the <laughs> whole room is spinning. I don't even know what it is. I don't know. I wish we knew. I wish we did know, because I'll be like, hi, everybody. I've also learned, just be confident. Like, walk in a room, like, I own this shit. Like, like you said, you get in the yeah. journey of self-love. You're comfortable, finally, in your own skin. Uh, mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. And when they just look at me and don't say nothing, I'm like, noted, got it. We will not be speaking the rest of the evening. I will speak to those who speak to me. We good. Right. 
Like, <laughs> you know what's funny? I wish someone would have told me this when I was younger in order to kind of deal with trauma um, and, you know, what people say about you is that if you could own your flaws, no one can use them against you. If I had learned that when I was like 12, listen, because that is true. Like, I feel like the moment I owned my sexuality, the moment I was comfortable with my weight, the moment I was comfortable, I mean, you just talking about all the, the trauma, the moment yeah. I was comfortable with my slight stuttering, the moment I was comfortable with my lazy Forrest Whitaker eye, people can say whatever they want. And I'm just like, okay, like what? You know, but the moment you have an insecurity, someone could say, like, oh, Bryce, that shirt is a little tight. What you mean is tight? What you trying to say? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. people will, you'll, you, will, you yourself will weaponize it, regardless of the intentions. Because let's be honest, we don't know what the intent is. It's just a statement. We relate what people say based off our previous experiences. Not necessarily yeah. to them, but what we experience in life, you know? so if you can kind of like just and i know it's easier said than done mind you i've been in therapy for god knows how long now but it's just a process you just have to rewire yourself and how you think about your traumas and kind of own it and just really actively try to work through it yeah no you're right and don't look at them also you know in a sense as flaws because a lot of these things are not flaws they're just you right so like It'll be like, oh, your bushy eyebrows or like your widow's peak. It's like, yes, yes, I have that. What is your point? Like, exactly. what are we at? you know what I mean? Like, everybody has something, whether it's like a little scar or a burn mark or, you know, like a stutter. Like, we all have something, or maybe one one breast is a little bit smaller than the other one. Like, that's it. Like, that's just real life. So, when people are trying to come at you to your point, yeah, you do have to be like, okay, and what's your point? All right. I know it, you know it. So what's what are we saying? And they're like, oh well, <laughs> whatever. You know, you're like, exactly. Like, what are you really talking about, son? Like, I'm good. So now, especially like with height and those conversations, I'm just like, uh-huh, I hear you, got you. What it like I you don't date tall women, understand. I didn't need to know. Right. That's crazy. It's like, like I feel like you were like the Jesse Spano of your high school but you just never made it you just never met your ac slater yeah well it's the same thing in college because when i would go back for homecoming or different things so I'm like oh rashida you looking real good i'm like am i i look the same like i don't even understand what you're talking about the only thing i stopped doing was wearing 2000s gear okay like that's the only thing that has changed is my fashion but like my face no you look exactly the same i'm like so what are you talking about did you just get maybe a change of your thought of what pretty is? That's probably what happened. But she's in here talking to me like I should be like feel flattered. I'm just like, okay, thank you, I guess. And I'm just, I look real dry too. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah. You gonna buy me a drink? Yeah, buy me right. A drink? Bye, let's take a shot. Let's take let's, a shot. Let's, let's line those actions up with words. Yeah. <laughs> let's be intentional because that's what we're doing in 2021. Yes. Let's be intentional. Yes. Oh, oh, you left your wallet in the car? Oh, okay. Yes. Intentional. Oh, I love that word because yes. I, what I don't like 
is organic. You know, I hate that word. When guys are like, I just want us to like organically get to know each other. I'm like, that's not real life, sir. Like you have to make an, an effort and a thought to say, let me call or text or hang out with this person. You don't organically run into them every weekend at the bar to start dating them. Like that's just not, what are we saying? That's just like the cool social media word for the year. That's yeah. all, it's the trend. It's like energy. They have good energy. I'm like, some people really be with the shits and like, they really do mean energy. Well, like an aura and like law of attraction and like, what are you putting out there? And other people just be saying it because like, it's a it's like a slang word that's trending right now. Mm. Oh, speaking of energy, Rashida, do you ever felt, do you ever feel like, and I can agree to this, um, that because of your trauma, you gave off bad energy? Yes. Because I, I definitely have, like, speaking on energy. Yes, I think I've sometimes gone into rooms very apprehensive and anxious. And maybe mm-hmm. it could come across as standoffish because I'm like, let me not speak. I'd rather observe first before I say anything in fear that somebody will immediately try to, like, target me. So instead, I'll just, like, hi, everyone. I wouldn't, actually, I wouldn't even maybe say hi. I just might be, like, smile and sit down and just be like, okay, let me, let me, like, scan the room and other people could say like oh who's that girl she's not even speaking she's not you know and it's like well I didn't want to get singled out you know but then you're still putting yourself in a bad situation because like you're not potentially making new relationships or friends out of fear and out of your own experiences because now no you know to my advantage I'm 6'2 so most people now in adult life are afraid to actually say anything truly hurtful to my face because I'm bigger than them (laughs) so typically it's like Rashida why are you still so on edge like most people ain't gonna say nothing to your face they might talk about you behind your back which is fine go ahead do that but they're not gonna be disrespectful to me in person exactly that's now that's the one benefit because of your height ain't nobody coming at you that sideways because the last time somebody did you pushed that poor little girl she like broke her ankle But that was good energy on Rashida's part. Okay, she had all the bad energy trying to break up the stroll line. Rashida mushed the heck out of that young woman. I don't like, don't ah! don't come into the stroll line. Don't. <laughs> don't come into the stroll line with the bad energy, sis. But then in that scenario, my line sisters get the heat for that because then they trying to fight them. <laughs> yes, then they come in with the bad energy on that one. But you know, <laughs> but, um, oh, to piggyback with. I got a little sidebar on that one because that was funny. But uh, to piggyback off what you were saying, I think for myself, um, my trauma definitely, if anything, that created that whole anxious attachment style because the bad energy I give off is that because of that thing with the friends, them one minute yesterday was my friend, tomorrow I was gay and they weren't really my friends, we were frenemies. I have this weird phobia of a band. I have like abandonment issues now. So now I feel like when I feel like somebody's leaving or turning or they don't want to, maybe tomorrow you don't want to be with me. And now I'm all of a sudden, I'm like forcing something that shouldn't be trying to keep people. And for so long in my life, I felt like I was forcing friendships, forcing relationships because I was afraid of the person leaving because based on that, you know, childhood experience of losing those friends, I just thought, I just applied that to every aspect of my life. So like I was saying, either I didn't have any emotions, and then when I have emotions, I'm like, no, please don't leave me. No, we can fix it, which created, I was codependent. Yes, no, you're right. I would say I've actually experienced that as well, where 
um, because no one liked you and teased you and all these things, it's like, I gotta, I have to fight and like pretty much beg to keep any person I have because subconsciously now I believe I'm not worth anything. Mm. So it's like that one little friend you got that ain't really that great, you still rocking with. And it's like, no, Rashida, you actually should let them go. Or, you know, fast forward to your 20s, that one boy I really like that ain't texting me back ever. And when we do go on a date is real haphazard and half ass, I'm still pressed. It's like, no, Rashida, let that go. It is not necessary for you to evolve. Exactly. And when I finally at least got that, it's like a lift, like a load has been lifted. You're like you have friends that actually reciprocate and you're like, oh, somebody just texts me just to say, hey, and they just want to get dinner. Like, it's nice that I'm not always the one initiating everything. Wow, this is refreshing. And then at that, or like you meet a guy, like he actually calls and texts me every day. Why would I settle for anything beyond this? Like exactly. never again. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then like for me, like once I actually got real friends, I didn't know and this is the chaotic part of me. I didn't know how to treat real friends or good friends good. Then I had bad energy. Then I was flaky. Then I was cold and not showing emotions. But then I'm showing emotions towards people who aren't good for me. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like trying to not put it out, out there because you don't want them to know that you actually care about them so much. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. I actually do. Like, I love you. You're my friend. Mm-hmm. I care that you're okay. Yeah. Like, I even for my friends, male or female, when we go out, I'll be like, let me know you get home. And I think, especially for guys, they're kind of like, okay. Like, I'm like, no, I want to know. Like, did you get home okay? Like, are you Yeah. Do people don't realize <laughs> you can die any moment? Like, that was dark. But, like, the last thing you want to do is, like, tell somebody, forget to tell somebody you love them, and then you never see them again. Yes. That's a regret I actually have because... I like my dad was dying and I guess he's like, these are like his final breaths. Right. So then I get woken up. It's like six or something in the morning and like get up to come into the room. So I walk in there and he's like, you know, obviously about to die. And like, part of me wanted to like start yelling and screaming like, Oh my God, dad, I love you so much. Please don't leave. But like, I was like, I can't show emotion. There's other people in this room. I have to like be stoic. I have to, and I was like, maybe he could have heard that. I will never know. So like, I'm with you on that. Like you have to tell people exactly how you feel. Mm-hmm. So even with my boyfriend, like anytime, like you get, let me know when you get to work. And that's not to be a stalker. It's not to be controlling. <laughs> like, it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's just how I am with that. Like, um, let me know if you, if you go on a trip, let me know when it lands. All right, bet. Talk to, talk to late. I just need to know that you got there safe. That's it. Yes. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, think about Kobe Bryant died last year. He didn't think he's him and his daughter about to die in a plane crash. Like, nobody thinks that. Right. You just are living your life. And you, of course, like, the positive way to live is that every day you think you have the next day ahead of you, right? And that the next moment ahead of you. And then at some point, you won't. But you Mm -hmm. obviously don't want to live like that because then you would never do anything. Um, But that's why, like you said, you got to don't take it for granted. Tell people you love them. Um, you know, sometimes my mom will be like all over me and I'll be kind of like cold in terms of like affection. And then I'm like, Rashida, be nice. Like you love your mother. Why are you not hugging her? Why are you not giving her a kiss back? You know? So it's like checking yourself when you do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I just want to say, uh, thank you Rashida for being vulnerable with us. 
Thank you, because you said stuff about yourself I didn't know. So I oh, learned really? more about you today. Yes, oh, I, I did. I'm an open book, bro. <laughs> no, thank you. Like, because, like, you know, just in general, like, I've been your friend since 2008, and like, we, I've learned things about you over time, because yeah. I know that, like, you, you know, you're not one to express how you feel. But it's not like that now. But it just takes time, yeah. right? So, like, this is all like I've learned these things over the years. Um, so yeah, I just want to commend you. I think you're amazing. And yeah. to everyone listening, you know, if you're afraid, just be honest with yourself about your trauma, you know, yeah. maybe write it out, maybe cry it out. Cause the longer you hold it in, it's going to continue to affect your life. Yes. Yes. Cry it out or write it out. <laughs> I yep, like right. that. <laughs> cry it out or write it out. Listen, yes. <laughs> and just, and just, know who you are learn who you are don't let other people define it for you learn who you yes. are know who you are because they can't use it against you no exactly that is a beautiful way to close this episode i like that we about to name the episode cry it out or write it out like i love listen that's like a mary j blige song yes listen, <laughs> listen. Oh my God. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening to us. Pour our hearts out on this podcast. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed and, you know, follow us on Instagram at Bryce Lennon or at Love Jones Mark. And we hope to see you guys again listening with us next week. All right. Peace, y'all. Later.